0: of Grace Commission Church International. may you be transformed as you listen to the word of God. Was blind, but
1: now I, see. Oh, I can see now. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for another Sunday evening and here we are again. Expose us to your word. Show us your mind. Let your standards be clear before us. And transform us. Change us. Build us up. Grow us. Renew us. Lord, until we are like your son Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much. Uh, this is the third sunday evening in our series in the first evening we started considering Christ likeness the meaning of Christ likeness and the importance of Christ likeness and i tried to explain to you that god's master plan for every christian Is found in Romans chapter 8 verse 29. That those whom God foreknew, He predestined that they should be conformed to the image of His Son. So that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And 1 John chapter 3 verse 2 is clear. That when we see Jesus, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. This means the grand finale on the heart of God is that we should forever be like Jesus. And I also explain to you that 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 proves that all our time on this earth is a period during which the Holy Spirit is given the opportunity to live in us and work with us. And we cooperate with God's spirit So that we can be transformed Into the image of Jesus From one degree of glory to another Last week I put up before you God's standard And I tried to explain to you That it is easy To fall into The standard of holiness And righteousness that your local church upholds or your church denomination. So you begin to see the church as God's yardstick. But that is wrong. It is the scripture which will be used to judge us. Jesus said in John chapter 12 from verse 48 to 50 that the words which I speak to you They will judge you on that day because every word I speak is the Father who gave me commandment what to say and how to say it. And I try to introduce to you the standards which the Bible is very clear about. Matthew five forty eight, Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. Luke six thirty six, Jesus said, Be merciful, just as your heavenly father is merciful. Ephesians four thirty two, the scripture says we should forgive one another just as God in Christ forgave us. Ephesians five one, the scripture says we should be imitators of God as obedient children. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 The scripture says we should be holy Because he who called us is holy Be ye therefore holy because I am holy And the standard continues 1 John chapter 2 verse 6 Says anyone who abides in Christ Should walk as Jesus walked 1 John chapter 3 verse 3 He says anyone who has this hope in him Purifies himself just as Jesus is pure Jesus himself said in John chapter 20 verse 21, that just as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And he said in John 13 15, that I have done these things as an example that you should do as I have done to you. And the scripture continues, there are too many passages which explain to us that God expects us to deal with sin in our lives. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says that we should consider that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses and we should put away every weight and the sin which closely besets us and run with perseverance the race which has been set before us. 2 Corinthians 7:1 says, therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, I want you to purify yourself from every defilement of flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, we should follow peace with all men and that holiness without which no man can see the Lord. And Jesus' attitude towards sin is drastic. He tells us in Matthew chapter 5 verse 28 to 30 that even if you look at a woman to lust after her in your heart, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. And that if your right eye or your right hand or right leg causes you to sin, pluck it out, gouge it, cut it off, it is better to enter heaven with one eye, one arm, one leg, but to arrive, than to have your whole body intact, but lose your soul. So, there is enough evidence from the scripture, that the attitude of Jesus, and the early church towards sin, was drastic, because they saw that, salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Now today, I want to establish that God has given us resources, spiritual resources to help us clean up our lives and build Christ-like habits for spiritual formation into the image of Jesus. Now, you ask me why that is important. It's important, first of all, because if you are a Christian and you also steal like other unbelievers, you also cheat in exams, you also chase girls, you also smoke and drink uh, alcohol, you you live very much like every unbeliever in the office or at school, you lose the moral right to tell others to change. You see, you are a hypocrite because you are doing the very things they are doing and yet you say you are a christian you are giving off that you are a christian and yet you are like them there's no difference the second reason is that you write across your own chest unusable for god because second timothy chapter 2 verse 20 and 21 says that in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but some of wood and even clay some for noble use some for ignoble, if a man therefore cleanses himself, if he purifies himself, he will be a vessel of honor, fit for the master's use, prepared for every good work. You have to understand that God is not interested in using dirty vessels. Because with that kind of lifestyle, you grieve the Holy Spirit and you chase him away. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says that we should not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom we are sealed to the day of redemption.
0: Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption.
1: Don't make the Holy Spirit sad. Don't embarrass the Spirit of God. You know, your character, your lifestyle You see? The kinds of things you do and say. The kinds of music you listen to. You know? The kinds of jokes you crack. The way you live is embarrassing the Holy Spirit whose temple you are. That's what it means. You grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And that kind of lifestyle is not pleasing to God. But in addition to that, when you live a careless Christian life, If you live a life which is not like Christ, you are not growing into Christ-likeness, you jeopardize your chances of going to heaven. Now wait a minute, I know what you are thinking. You are saying, oh we are saved by grace, it's a gift, it's not by works, so that no one can boast. Yes, that is true, but listen. The scripture says in Philippians two, twelve and thirteen that you, you should work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for God is at work in you to will and to do according to his own pleasure. And the Hebrews chapter twelve, verse fourteen says, Follow peace with all men, and the holiness without which no man will see the Lord. Matthew chapter five, verse eight. It says that, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You have to understand that you can't just live in a hell and expect to go and stay and live in heaven with a holy God and a just God. He doesn't work like that. But, in addition to that, look, if you are not becoming more like Jesus Christ, you are becoming more like the devil. Do you remember Judas Iscariot? He walked with Jesus for three and a half years and he was in the immediate team of Jesus. He ate and drank with Jesus, but the Bible says in uh, John chapter 13 verse 2 that Satan put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. Judas Iscariot was walking with Jesus, but he was a thief and he was taking the money that was in the money bag entrusted to him by Jesus himself. You see, Luke chapter 22 verse 3 says that Satan prompted Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. You, you have to understand that if you are a Christian, And you are not becoming more like Jesus. You are becoming more like the devil. And all the good things which God has prepared for you, what He wants you to have in the spiritual realm, He will not let you have them because you you show that you are not grown enough, you are not mature enough to handle them. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 says that even if you are heir, but you are a child, you are put under tutors. That is what scripture says. And there is no difference between you and a slave.
0: Galatians 4, 1 and 2. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, has no difference from a slave. Yes. Although he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So this evening...
1: I want to walk you through five major postures, five major habits, five major disciplines you need to build in order to become more and more like Jesus. Number one, you need to build a Of spiritual growth You need to Tell yourself That I am prepared To keep growing All through my life Until I am like Jesus Now this is because Jesus himself We are going to read it In Luke chapter 2 Let's read verse 40 First of all and then we read verse 52. Jesus himself grew.
0: Yes. Luke chapter 2 verse 40. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon this him. This is Jesus,
1: the child grew. The child grew. And this is Jesus, before he was 12 years old, he grew. And then Luke 2:52
0: Luke chapter 2 verse 52 at this point. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor
1: with God and, and men. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, favor with God and with men. Jesus had a posture of growing. You see? Jesus Christ is 100% God and 100% man. Hebrews 13, it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. But when he was born as a man on this earth, and he took the form of a human being, he grew. Jesus grew. Any Christian who does not have a posture of constantly growing, pressing on to grow, forcing to grow, moving so that you can see growth in yourself, you cannot be like Jesus. You see, I have already quoted the 2nd Corinthians uh, 3.18. He says, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are being changed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Some of the versions say, with increasing glory. Galatians 4.19, Paul says, my little children in whom I travel till Christ be formed in you. And look at Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 he says speaking the truth in love we should grow up into him who is the head 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2 he says as newborn babes earnestly desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 he says grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ Every Christian must build a posture of growth. If you build a posture of growing, each, each time, each day, each week, each month, each year, you, you look back and say, well, I am growing. You see, because you have a posture of growth there, then you have it. One of the secrets I can tell you as a Christian is that everything you really desire, you get it. You are like this. Because that is what you have always wanted to be. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. He says, ask, you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be open." Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, to him the door is open. Because in this life, anything you want badly enough, Heaven gives it to you. You see? So, you must press on to grow. You must have a posture that I want to grow. Jesus grew. Jesus grew. Jesus grew. Grow, grow, grow. As you grow spiritually as a Christian, you see that you become more and more like Jesus Christ. That is a very important thing. So, that is the first key you need. Now, let's look at the second key. In addition to the growth posture, you need to take hold of the resources God has provided for you as a Christian to grow with. Natural resources like air, like water, Like food like sunshine they come from God and they are free in the same way God has given us spiritual resources by which we should grow I cannot list all of them for you but I want to give you the most important ones and number one is our union with Christ. Our union with Christ. The Bible says that we were crucified with Jesus. We died with Jesus. We were buried with Jesus in baptism. We were made alive together with Jesus. We were raised together with Jesus. We are seated together with Jesus in the heavenly places. And Christ is our life. Please, my brother, my sister, the Christian life is a supernatural life. You can never on your own love your enemies. On your own, it's impossible to be angry and not sin. On your own, it is impossible to look at women and not last after them. The power to keep your tongue so that you don't say what is ungodly, but always edifying. It's not merely a human power. James chapter 3 verse 6 says that the tongue no man can tame. It's a wild animal. So, inside us, our lusts, our desires, our affections, and you know, Passions which are so strong that as a human being, when you try to live the Christian life on your own, you fail every day. So what heaven has done is that when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, the Bible says, we are going to read a few of the passages. Let's read Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, first of all. The Bible says you were crucified with Jesus.
0: Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 first of all I have been crucified with Christ Yes And I no longer live But Christ lives in me The life I live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God Who loved me And gave himself for me
1: uh, Romans chapter 6 puts it neatly Romans 6 Let's read verse 3 and verse 4
0: Romans 6 3 and 4 Yes Oh don't you know that all of us who were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death yes we were therefore buried with him through baptism and to death in order that just as christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father we too may live a new life
1: you see can you add verse 11 and verse 14 before 11 of the same romans chapter 6. 6 yes. In the same way, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin. Count yourself dead to sin. Count yourself dead to sin. The King James Version says, Recon yourself yourself dead to sin. Count yourself dead to sin. Count yourself dead to sin. I have been crucified with Christ. And in your baptism, you died with Jesus on the cross. You were buried with Jesus in the water and you were made alive raised together to life with Jesus your old man the old person in you that old man which lusts after girls the old man which lusts after alcohol which lusts after smoking that old man which gets angry like Henia and you and nobody can hold you that quarrelsome old man in you The old man in you, which tells lies and and accepts bribes. The old man in you, which enjoys pornography. That old man was crucified with Jesus, died with Jesus, and was buried with Jesus in water, and were raised with Him to newness of life. Therefore, you must count yourself dead, because in the eyes of God, You were were crucified with Jesus. You died with Jesus. The old man is dead. Count yourself dead. And this is an exercise you should do every day. Every day. Tell yourself, I've been crucified with Christ. I died with Christ. I was buried with Jesus in baptism. I've been raised together with Jesus. It is no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. It's Christ who lives in me. Galatians 3.27. He says that... As many as have been baptized into Christ Have put on Christ as a dress Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 He says Christ in you The hope of glory And we have read the Galatians 2.20 I've been crucified with Christ It's no longer I who live It's Christ who lives in me And Colossians chapter 3 Verse 3 and 4 He says that I died And you know is no longer I who live because I'm dead and Christ is my life. When Christ who is my life appears, I will appear together with him. I think that one has to be read. Colossians 3, 3 and 4. Colossians
0: chapter 3 verses 3 and 4. Yes. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You died, your life is now hidden with Christ Inside God, when Christ who is your
1: life appears, then you also will appear with
0: Him. The in part God. I want
1: you to notice it says, When Christ who is your life, when Christ who is your life, when Christ who is your life, Paul says it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Philippians 1:21. He says, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So you died with Jesus, you were buried with Jesus. In baptism, you were raised together with Jesus, you have put on Christ, Christ is in you, and and Christ is your life. It's no longer you who live. But two more passages we have to read them. One is by Jesus Himself. I love that verse. When I read it, I, I got up from my desk and I walked around the room. I shook myself. I said, Yeah, if it's Jesus who said this, yeah. Ah. I was trembling with excitement. Let's read it. John 14, verse 20. John 14, verse 20. Jesus himself, he said that on that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. John chapter 14, verse 20. Yes.
0: On that day, mm. you will realize that I am in my Father. I am in my and Father. you are
1: in me. You are in and me. And I am in you. And I am in you jesus is saying that i am in the father you are in me and i am in you you know let me tell you a lot of the battle in christianity is first of all with your mind it is wrong to think that when you become a christian you don't think again hosea 4 6 says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge and isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 God says come let's reason together. 1 Corinthians 2:16 says we have the mind of Christ. And Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says let this mind be in you which is yours in Christ Jesus. So it is a mind Romans chapter 12 Verse 2, let's read that one. He says that don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God.
0: Romans 12, 2. Yes. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Correct. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what
1: God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Therefore, if God sees me as crucified with Christ, if God sees me as dead, in Christ, if God sees me as raised together with Christ, if God sees me that Christ is my life, what is my business to doubt that these things are so? I need to put them together and let my mind flash out all the old ways of thinking and accept what the Bible is saying and make it my path. I like the Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 5 and 6, he says that you were dead in trespasses and sins, but God made you alive together with Christ, and he raised you up together with Christ, and he made you sit together with Christ in the heavenly places.
0: Ephesians yes. two five and six. Yes. Made us alive with Christ. He made us alive. Even when God. we were dead in transgressions. Yes. And it it's by grace you have been saved. Yes. And God raised us up with Christ, and He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms. It is God. In Christ
1: Jesus. Who made us alive in Christ is God. Who raised us up in Christ is God. Who seated us up in the heavenly places with Christ. Therefore, in the spectacles of God. I am alive with Christ, I am raised with Christ, I am seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And that takes a change of mind. And these things, you can't just read them one day and it will be yours. It doesn't happen like that. You have to keep on, every day, confessing, reckoning, seeing yourself, counting yourself like that. As you do it over and over and over the passions in you which were ruling you they begin to die they begin to go to the background and the life of jesus christ takes over and he now begins to control you and you notice that hey you used to get angry by heart but now people do things and you smile and you are like "Eh!" me of all people what has happened yes because a change is coming there's a supernatural transformation because of your union with Christ. Now this brings me to point number four. That is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Since the world began, God has been with human beings but He never lived inside man but he promised in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27 that I will put my spirit within them and cause them to walk in my ways so in the new testament Jesus told us something he said in John chapter 14 verse 16 and 17 that if you love me, keep my commandments. I will ask the Father. He will give you another comforter. A Paracletus, So that he will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because they don't know him. They don't see him. But you know him. For he is with you. And shall be in you. Yes. And Jesus himself explained, you know, in John chapter 7, from verse 37 to 39, that if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Anyone who believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the comment John made was, this he spoke about the Holy Spirit, which those who believe in him would receive. Because, the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet crucified. What does that mean? That means that the crucifixion of Jesus and his becoming sin for us broke something in the heavenly places. And the veil in the Holy of Holies, separating us from God, was torn from top to bottom. That's what Matthew 26 told us from verse 54. And for the first time, man was given access to God. And God's Holy Spirit has come to live in us. And the indwelling presence of God's Holy Spirit has made of us temples of the living God. So First Corinthians, we are not reading chapter 3 verse 16, but chapter 6 Verse 19 says, what? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have in you? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God. And in the 2 Corinthians 6.16, he says we are temples of the living God. God has come to take residence in man in the person of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow. What does that mean? It means that man can fellowship with God's spirit in us and his job is to change us. He he comes to give us the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5:22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. He comes to give us the gifts of the Spirit, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, faith, working of miracles, gifts of healing, and prophecy, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 7 to verse 11. So, the indwelling presence of God's Spirit, within us, energizes us, changes our character, transforms us into the image of Jesus, anoints us. First John chapter 2 verse 20 and 27, it says you have an anointing from God, from the Holy One. And this anointing teaches you all things. And it's true. It's no lie. The Spirit of God comes upon us. And lives within us. Jesus said in Acts 1 8, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, he says, Wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. God's Spirit is living in our hearts. And the indwelling presence of God's Spirit in us is the personality of God in us pushing our inner man, molding us, building us, teaching and training us so that we can give of Christ-like qualities. God's Holy Spirit in us is the stamp of the divine nature of God Of which we are partakers. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10 says our fathers just disciplined us in the way they liked but God disciplines us so that we will be partakers of his holiness. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4 says that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. That by these exceeding great and precious promises we will become partakers of the divine nature Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Ephesians 1.3 He says that Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ when He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. You need to understand that heaven is depending that you should look like Jesus therefore everything that they will do all the supplies all the resources every spiritual resource you need to become more and more like jesus has been given to you and the person of the holy spirit dwelling in you is the greatest that heaven can do for us because jesus himself Worked with the Holy Spirit. Luke 4 1 it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Holy Spirit. Luke 4.14, 14, he says, Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke 4.18, 18, Jesus himself said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set the captives free acts 10 38 jesus of nazareth how god anointed him with the holy spirit and with power he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him but let's read the romans chapter 8 verse 11. he says the same spirit which raised jesus from the dead lives in you romans chapter
0: 8 verse 11 yes and if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead is living in you He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal
1: bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. What am I saying? I'm saying that if God had created us in the image of Satan, there would be no need to preach to you. If you were to be an animal like a dog, a goat, there would be no need to preach to you. We preach to human beings. People who are born again because they can change. Heaven has not given up. Heaven believes you. So heaven has given us a posture of growth in Jesus Christ. You too can grow. You can grow spiritually. You can keep growing. And then we have been given union with Jesus Christ. And heaven has done it for us because... On your own, you cannot live the Christ-like life. And above all, God has given us the Holy Spirit. The indwelling presence of God's Holy Spirit is such that if you cooperate with the Spirit, you cannot but grow into Christ-likeness. We are, with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being changed into the same image. From one degree of glory to another by the Spirit. And everyone who has this hope in Him. Purifies himself as Jesus is pure. God bless you. I want us to pray. I want you to begin to consider these truths. And from today to take a decision. That you will not just stay in a rut and be a church going stone, but that you want to grow, you want to change, you want to become more like Jesus. Shall we begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Pray for spiritual growth. Pray that you will begin to change. Pray that more Christ likeness. Yes, you hunger and thirst to be more like Jesus. I want you to talk to the Lord and pray and call upon Him. He is more than able to set you free from every chain of Satan and break every power over you in
0: the name of Jesus. Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.